0: Global, sparking innovative thoughts. Hello, Akshay. Thank you so much for joining us here on our podcast. Um, Definitely a privilege for us to have you here on our series uh, because cybersecurity is quite an important topic for any company. And given the global nature of cyber threats, how is the Center for Cybersecurity fostering international collaboration to address these challenges?
1: Well, thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you today. Uh, if we look back at uh, the formation of the Center for Cybersecurity, that in itself gives an indication of why this issue is particularly important. So the forum's been working on the issue of cybersecurity for a good 10 years now. And, uh, you know, I mean, we we were particularly credited with uh, Uh, putting together a set of cyber resilience board principles, which over a period of time got a lot of traction uh, from senior leaders across the board, right? To the extent that uh, senior chairpersons uh, within the forum's uh, ecosystem were very supportive of the forum taking more concerted efforts to tackle the issue of cybersecurity. And, And that's what led to the creation of the Center for Cybersecurity as a whole. And uh, within the center, as of today, we have uh, roughly over 150, 160 organizations that are participating actively in the initiatives that we drive. These come from a mix of the public and private sectors overall. uh, And we're focusing on three key priority areas. The first one of them is all about, uh, you know, building cyber resilience. Now, for anybody following cyberspace over the years, uh, the issue of cyber resilience is one that has become particularly important. So it's, uh, it's an acknowledged fact that there are lots of incidents that are taking place. Uh, we're seeing, you know, I think a proliferation across the world. And in the face of that, you know, I mean, there is no such thing as 100% uh, cyber protection, right? So the conversation has shifted more towards resilience and what is it that we can do to bounce back from these incidents. And that's the, that's what makes us more cyber resilient, right? Uh, so uh, the first pillar focuses a lot on that. Uh, obviously we have our foundational bodies of work such as the board principles that are uh, fundamental over there. But then in addition to that, we also do a lot of work with uh, uh, different sectors. So for example, you know, uh, our work on cyber resilience with the electricity industry, the oil and gas industry, manufacturing to name a few. The second pillar that we are working on is around strengthening global cooperation, and we do it at two levels. The first is around uh, cybercrime, where we have an initiative called the Partnership Against Cybercrime that brings together law enforcement agencies together with the private sector to see how we can systemically disrupt cybercrime. How can we collaborate to make sure that we are, uh, you know, trying to stay ahead of cybercriminals in terms of how the threat actors are evolving, right? Uh, the second key initiative that we're focusing on is around uh, uh, building uh, cyber capacity or really sort of bridging the cyber talent gap. And here the idea is how do we bridge this gap that exists in the workforce? And how can we bring more people into pursuing cybersecurity as a career option? The final pillar of work that we focus on to address cybersecurity is more around navigating cyber frontiers, uh, which is really all around how do we anticipate some of the threats on the horizon? And how can we stay ahead? You know, One of the flagship bodies of work that we come out with year on year is our report called the Global Cybersecurity Outlook that puts together perceptions of business leaders and cyber leaders in terms of how the cyber risk is evolving, what are some of the best practices that we need to undertake and what are really the gaps, right? Uh, in addition to that, we also work with uh, some of the new technologies that are making a foray, so for example, uh, when quantum computing is a reality, what are the kind of security-related risks that it will project? So these are just some examples of things that we work on.
0: You know, that's interesting, the The point that you said that you've been doing this for about a decade, because so many things have changed, and um, it's going to be definitely interesting as to what is next, as what you've mentioned, uh, and the perspective it, perspective of the situation has definitely changed, meaning that you cannot uh, have 100% security. You have to have resilience. So how do you see the evolving cybersecurity landscape impacting global economic stability and growth in the coming years?
1: No, I think that's a, that's a great question. So the World Economic Forum on a year-on-year basis publishes the Global Risks Report, which is particularly well-known, uh, and widespread cyber crime and insecurity tends to feature among the top 10 risks over there. Now, if we are thinking about cybersecurity as an absolute threat, it is absolutely there. Uh, the second element is more about how cybersecurity is a threat multiplier. So, if we think about um, if we think about uh, an energy crisis, for example, we know from the Colonial Pipeline incident that it pretty much paralyzed uh, the east coast of North America. Uh, if we look at a food crisis. JBS is a classic example of an organization that when it was hit, led to disruptions in the food supply chain uh, across a large part of uh, North America. And uh, finally, it is a well-known fact that any economic crisis is invariably uh, coupled with an increase in uh, cybercrime. So if we think about all of these factors, and if we look at the landscape that we're living in, uh, cybersecurity continues to be a persistent threat right uh we are, if you look at some of the emergence of new technologies you know i mean uh artificial intelligence and generative ai has come into the mix now and obviously is raising concerns about you know how some of the attack vectors can increasingly become more sophisticated how can threat actors leverage the technology uh to uh, come up with more sophisticated uh attacks at pace similarly if we think about the quantum pieces i was mentioning uh there's a, there's a nice analogy there, right? So if we if we think about uh, Y2K, uh, the impact was a bit unknown, the timeline was definitive. If we think about quantum, it's it's the reverse. We can somehow anticipate some of the risks, but what is challenging is to know the timeline at the moment because of varying pace of developments, right? But say for sake of argument, we had the chat GPT moment of quantum, all of a sudden there would be significant security concerns that come along with it.
0: Um, one of the things uh, that is core to your center is uh, the, the the collaboration that needs to take place through the various communities that you work with. Uh, can you elaborate on the role of public-private partnerships in advancing the cybersecurity agenda, especially from the perspective of the WEF?
1: Absolutely. So cybersecurity is a global problem right it's it's a well-known fact if we take the case of cyber crime uh the technical expertise it's it's perhaps fair to say that uh, the private sector has significant technical expertise having said that the mandate to prosecute lies squarely with law enforcement agencies this is just one example of why uh, in the area of uh, cyber crime it's, it's just ripe for public-private cooperation the technical prowess married with the mandate to prosecute cyber criminals makes a very nice case for public-private cooperation uh, to thrive. Uh, if we think about different domains, you know, I mean, if we if you're looking at uh, uh, resilience in the energy sector, now energy is a critical infrastructure sector, and each and every economy relies on that for the functioning of lives as a whole, for functioning of society overall. Right. So it's it would be unfair to say. That uh, security and resilience of the energy infrastructure is a responsibility of the private sector entity operating the grid or operating, you know, I mean, really the uh, transmission mechanisms alone. So it's it's definitely a shared priority and therefore an area where we need public-private cooperation, and that's exactly what we are trying to promote. Within the World Economic Forum's platform, so for example, if we take the cybercrime uh, instance into 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 the equation, we have, as I mentioned previously, the Partnership Against Cybercrime Initiative, uh, which tends to foster public-private pro- collaboration on uh, disrupting cybercrime at scale. If we're thinking about uh, resilience across uh, industries, we have good examples of initiatives across. Uh, the oil and gas, electricity, or the manufacturing sectors. Similarly, there's another big problem, which is around the dearth of cybersecurity talent. And there, you know, through our Bridging the Cyber Talent uh, Gap initiative, uh, we are very active in terms of bringing together both actors from the public sectors, be it governments, civil society, academia, together with private sector to see what can be sustainable approaches to bridge the gap that exists in cybersecurity talent as of today.
0: You know, that's a big challenge. I just wanted to follow up on this question. Um, what would you say is the key to, um, you know, fast-tracking this collaboration or making it more smoothly?
1: So essentially, I think in terms of the collaboration, right, it's it's no different from how we see collaboration in the physical world. It's it's essentially all about trust. How can we foster more trust between actors is a key determinant of uh, how successful we can be in terms of the collaboration overall. So a big part of the effort is in terms of developing communities of interest, moving them to communities of purpose, and finally, you know, I mean transforming them into communities of action whereby the impact is realized at scale.
0: Um, And you mentioned that there has been a, a lot of various different technological innovation that we have to keep in mind when we take a look at cybersecurity. It's been quite rapid in terms of the pace of the innovation that we've seen. Uh, but if we take a look at the pressing, you know, or the most concerning ones, the, the emerging cyber threats that we see right now, uh, what do you see, or what does the e- WEF see as the most pressing right now for global economies and infrastructures?
1: Uh, no. So really, I think some of the challenges that have existed in cyberspace over the past few years, be it ransomware, be it uh, supply chain security, uh, be it uh, identity theft, these are essentially not things that are going to go away anytime soon. If you look about, look at disruptions to critical infrastructure, for example, uh, they're they're pretty much growing in scale and will continue to remain over the long term as well now if we think about the role of technology and you know i mean what is happening uh, on a day to day basis is that we we're, we're seeing the emergence of new technologies uh, and before we can understand you know some of the security related concerns associated with them uh, cyber criminal actors are quick to jump on and uh, you know i mean see how they can harness these technologies for the purposes of cyber crime right so that's one key concern uh, the second is Uh, collaboration is essential. However, when we think about uh, barriers to collaboration, there are also many, especially as we think among, uh, you know, I think the good guys. On the other hand, we know for a fact that cyber criminals uh, are innovating at scale and they don't really have the same barriers to collaboration as our more mature institutions impose upon us as it pertains to collaboration, right? So I think those are some of the big challenges that make it uh, very hard to resolve some of the issues that we are facing in cyberspace today.
0: And I just wanted to explain to our listeners that the reason why we, we might have some technicalities is because I'm, I'm speaking to uh, Akshay, who is in Abu Dhabi right now, I believe, right? And uh, we're talking uh, across the sea. <laughs> yeah, it in, seems in, quite busy yeah, there as that well.
1: Global Cybersecurity Forum, but yeah, uh, yeah I think it's uh, it's uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a break here. And lots of people, and uh, yeah, just trying to get it in places uh, is a challenge.
0: But you know, we're so happy—we're so happy to have you uh, on our on our series, anyways, on our podcast. Um, uh, Moving on, um, how is the WEF's uh, Center for Cybersecurity working towards increasing cybersecurity awareness and education at both the organizational and individual levels globally? Because I'm sure this is one of the biggest priorities that can make a difference, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the the biggest thing to resolve is awareness and eventually, you know, I mean, channel that awareness towards incentivizing people to come into the workforce because we really, really need good people in cybersecurity at this point in time. So if you think about awareness, you know, I mean, societies are digitalizing at scale and it's extremely important that uh, as we embrace digital technologies, as we take more of our footprint online, uh, we need to be aware of what are some of the key challenges associated with that footprint as well. What are some of the ways, by means of which we need to stay secure as we access services such as banking and the likes, right? And also be aware that there are lots of uh, cyber frauds that are ongoing. And in the face of that, you know, I mean, what are some of the hygiene practices that need to be embraced? To that extent, uh, through our platforms, we do publish. Uh, A lot of uh, articles, you know, I mean, that are uh, in global public interest. In addition to that, we have uh, a global coalition for digital safety, which is essentially a multi stakeholder initiative that seeks to take various efforts to see how we can curb online harms as they may be. Lots of uh, leading organizations, both from the technology industry as well as, you know, law enforcement, such as Interpol and all, are very actively engaged in that particular effort. Now, So the first is really about awareness. Once people are aware, not only do they uh, embrace good cyber hygiene in their own personal lives, but the hope is that increasingly a lot of our youth will start to think about promising careers in cybersecurity as well. So awareness is often linked within curiosity, and that's what is really going to channel good talent into the cybersecurity workforce in the future. And that's something that we are working towards as well. We have an initiative on bridging the cyber uh, skills gap, which really aims to create a strategic cybersecurity talent framework where we want to look at all the stages, right? So one, I was alluding to how do you attract, and awareness is a key function in terms of attracting people as well, uh, into uh, cybersecurity roles. And you know, I think there's a bit of a perception that prevails that cybersecurity is a career option only for technical experts. That's definitely not the case because there are lots of roles across various domains in cybersecurity that do not demand necessarily technical expertise. Uh, a bias and curiosity and interest towards technology is obviously required, but it does not uh, mandate technical expertise. Once you bring people into the fold, uh, ideally from uh, lateral domains, How can you provide the right kind of curriculum and training programs that make them fit for purpose? I think that's the next step. Once once you're able to do all of that, how do you make sure that for those in the workforce, you're providing meaningful opportunities for growth? So for example, if somebody comes as an analyst, what are some of the roles that they can take on within the cybersecurity organization? So it's not just a job, it's more of a career where you can thrive. And then finally, to think about, The fact and recognize that cybersecurity at the core is essentially a always-on kind of job, right? So it's like uh, cyber risks are uh, an an organization is faced with cyber risks pretty much 24/7, which means that cybersecurity professionals are also operating in a high-stress environment, and therefore, you know, what are some of the mechanisms that need to be in place to make sure? that uh, uh their well-being is taken care of because that's essentially going to be very very important for them to be able to thrive in the cyber security uh, workforce over the years so these are just some reflections in terms of the things that we're tackling
0: wow i never thought of the importance of i like how you termed that cybersecurity hygiene maintaining your high cybersecurity hygiene and and also um, the fact that you don't have to be deep in technology to be part of cybersecurity. Um, lastly, I just wanted to leave our conversation with something that our listeners can take away, because uh, most of our listeners, I would say, are probably either startups or company owners or those in the corporate corporate side. Um, what is your advice for, for companies that are, are worried or, or want to be updated with uh, cybersecurity and and being able to uh, counter any of the cyber threats out there?
1: So I think I'd leave you with uh, two things primarily. Uh, the first, that cybersecurity ne- is not a technological problem. Cybersecurity is a leadership issue and therefore demands the attention of senior leadership within organizations. I think boards and senior leaders need to be savvy enough to be able to ask the right questions on cybersecurity and essentially be thinking about it More as any other business risks that they would be dealing with than where, you know, I think the board has full responsibility. So that's number one. The moment you're able to do that, you really elevate cybersecurity. And, uh, you know, I think there is greater appreciation for cybersecurity as a whole across the organization. So for any business owner, I would say that if you are not actively focusing on cybersecurity, I I think it's important to give it due attention at the senior leadership level. The second uh, advice that I would offer is that, of course, it's a well-known fact that as of today, a lot of the new age companies and uh, startups, for the most part, are digital by nature, right? So as we are thinking about technological innovation and building these new disruptive business models, we need to design them with security at the core. Security can no longer be an afterthought and it needs to be embedded right from design and default. So these would be my two pieces of advice to listeners.
0: Actually, thank you so much for being with us here on our podcast, and uh, we're so happy to be able to to talk with you right now, especially live uh, as you're coming from uh, the, uh, the forum there in Abu Dhabi, and hope to t- see you soon in our upcoming series. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks.